Right now, switch your family to T-Mobile and get four lines for $25 a line with AutoPay and 5G access included on America's largest 5G network. So don't wait. Get unlimited and nationwide 5G access for the whole family for just $25 a line. Visit a T-Mobile store or T-Mobile.com today. Plus taxes and fees. Customers may notice lower speeds and further reduction if using over 50 gigs a month due to data prioritization. Video at 480p. Unlimited while on our network. Qualifying credit for plus lines required. Capable device required for 5G. Coverage not available in some areas. Some uses may require certain features. See T-Mobile.com. What's going on, folks? Thanks for hitting that download button and checking out a brand new episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade, your one-stop shop for toys, tech, and talk with some assembly required. I'm your host, Rich, and if this is your first time checking out an episode, first of all, welcome. Second of all, a brief bit of background on what we do here. Toys and Tech of the Trade is an interview series where we sit down with content creators, entrepreneurs, and just kick-ass folks who are out there doing really awesome things and sharing the gadgets, gear, and tech that go into making their products, running their businesses, or creating their content for that matter. When it comes to toys, we like to focus on that and use quotes when it comes to toys because it's not just relegated to action figures, Funko Pops, things like that, but it could be cars, motorcycles, could be musical instruments, knives. You'd be surprised what some people uh, use for uh, their excuse to obsess over when it comes to toys, not necessarily relegated to the stuff I just mentioned. So uh, this week... Before we get into what we're going to discuss, first of all, I want to thank everybody who's been so patient with us as we transition, then move to the brand new RageWorks podcast network site. Uh, Very proud of what we've accomplished, and we have some other shows on the horizon, uh, including another podcast that I might be doing, but it's going to be a limited series. Uh, That one's going to be very, very interesting. Uh, In addition to that, we may be bringing in some additional new talent as well that I'm very excited about, and hopefully I will have updates for you in further episodes. Now, one thing I did want to mention, I know a lot of you have been asking uh, with regards to you know, what we're doing with YouTube and why the YouTube channel has been a little quiet as of late. Uh, really just a matter of trying to figure out a right balance between, you know, work, uh, being a new father and just everything else. Plus just trying to give you guys good content there. Uh, the Rageworks YouTube channel should in theory be, you know, built on the fact that it's, you know, gaming, entertainment, pop culture. And I share our, you know, podcast there. Well, the ones I do personally, just to give people another way to listen. I know some of you prefer using YouTube, especially because it's one of the few URLs that you find friendly at work. But honestly, I've also noticed that there's been a a bit of a downtick in terms of people using the YouTube channel for at least podcast consumption. Everything else is fine. So a bit of a stress test out there with regards to how you're consuming the shows. Do you use YouTube? Do you find any value in it? Uh, Shoot me a line, rich at rageworks.net. Would be curious to know your thoughts. Also, I know some people have asked about a Q&A episode and, um, you know, we're definitely going to do more of those. So with that said, I want to start building up 
questions for the next Q&A episode. So feel free to reach out, rich at rageworks.net for that via email, or you can find us on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and we're going to put posts there dedicated to building a brand new question of the day episode. Well, uh, correction, a Q&A episode, not a question of the day, a Q&A episode uh, for future airing. So we're definitely going to start building that out. So again, follow us on social if you haven't. Links for it will be in the show notes for this episode. All right. So this week's show is going to be a little different than what we do normally. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about uh, conventions and, and the gear that is that at least I personally recommend for conventions. And the reason that I came up with this is because right now, you know, it's October in New York City and a lot of conventions have been coming up uh, right now. New York Comic Con just finished and Rageworks will be at the Photo Plus Expo uh, next week, actually uh, two weeks from today, two weeks from Friday. So. The thing about it is that we we get asked often, especially me, because I'm I'm a gadget freak and I like having different things. Uh, what do you use to cover events? What do you recommend to cover events? And I figured that would make a great episode and it would be kind of like what Tim Ferriss likes to call the in-between episodes, um, just to give a little bit of a break between all the interviews. So with that said, uh, this episode is going to be focused on that, and it's just going to give some actionable advice, a couple of tips and different things for those of you that are running websites or YouTube channels and you want to cover events and you want some product recommendations. That's what this episode is going to be about. Also, while we are on the subject of product episodes, we will be doing another gift guide for this year. A lot of you seem to have loved that and really enjoyed some of the recommendations we brought to the table. So we're definitely going to be doing that as well. But you're not here for that. You're here to hear about uh, gadgets and gear and recommendations for cons. So for me personally, I was a person that covered a lot of different events at one point before my daughter was born. And man, I was guilty of one of the biggest sins, which is carrying a lot of stuff. And you think you're going to need a hundred different things to cover events. And as I got more and more experienced covering events and, and attending events, I realized that you didn't really need a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, you basically need, uh, if you're going to be doing shooting, you obviously need your camera, your lenses, spare batteries, etc. If you're going to be doing podcasts, we're going to get into that. And if you're going to be doing video work, you, you know, there's there's so many different options. So for me personally, my original setup used to be a camera to shoot stills. I used to carry a Canon XA10 uh, video camera for interviews and things of that nature only because you're probably asking yourself if you have a camera why are you carrying a video camera well at the time i was shooting with a sony uh, a6300 and those cameras were notorious for overheating and also obviously the recording limit and there were instances where we wanted to record interviews or or i was doing some some work in the field and it would go longer than 30 minutes and i didn't want to have to worry about the stresses of Oh, I got to have batteries or, oh, I've got to have, um, you know, multiple SD cards, et cetera, et cetera. With the Canon XA10, which is a really good camera that you could probably pick up for around seven or eight hundred dollars now since new since new versions have been released since then. Um, the Canon XA10 had 
uh, handle at the top with two XLR ports. So I was able to put a shotgun mic or if necessary, plug in a handheld mic to do interviews or a wireless mic pack to do run and gun shooting. And it was it was great. And what I would do is, like I said, I'd set it up. I'd take a tripod with me and plug in a wireless handheld mic, go set up the shot, frame the shot and conduct my interviews or whatever was needed at the time. And again, that's great if you're a solo operator or even if you're working with a, with a second person, that person could handle the zooming in, zooming out and things of that nature. Check your levels, make sure it's good. When you're by yourself, though, it's it's definitely a little tougher. The articulating screen is huge, though. To help you frame the shot, as are the audio levels to make sure that they're shown on screen and you have audio coming in. These things are all crucial. And like I said, the 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 focus is good. The color, you know, Canon color science is great. So definitely, you know, that at the time was a great approach. As I said, I was shooting stills with the Sony A6300 and I was using an 18 to 105 f4 lens now the 18 to 105 lens not only is it a great lens for video but it also has internal zoom which means that you don't have to turn the barrel and extend the lens for it to zoom all the zooming is done internally which is really really nice i mean it's a big lens by by most by most standards but what's good about it is that the internal zoom is good the f4 is nice gives you a little bokeh and Obviously, the optical steady shot is great on that lens as well. Uh, really enjoyed it. Shot tons and tons of photos at numerous events with it and um, really, really loved the lens. So those were my what I was using for image capture. With regards to interviews, I was using an Audio-Technica System 10, which is a wireless handheld mic and a digital receiver that I would plug into my Canon XA10. Uh, that was pretty much it. But of course, to have a video camera and everything else, you have to have a big ass backpack. And I was carrying a Tomba backpack, which I picked up at a booth at the Photo Plus Expo. And that was it's a, it's a good backpack, man. But it's it's ridiculously huge. If you're trying to get away from from the whole turtle shell backpack look, um, the Tomba backpack is not the way to go. There's other recommendations, which I'll give. But Definitely not the way to go. So that was pretty much my setup. The Canon XA10, Sony A6300 with the 18 to 105 lens. And that pretty much handled all the audio, um, excuse me, all the video and photo work. Now, when it comes to podcasting on the go, uh, I used to be a big user of the Tascam DR40, which had two XLR mic jacks where you can go set it up. And you're off to the races in terms of interviewing. You can also record with, with handheld with the internal mics. Well, internal with the included mics that are part of the unit. Um, I've since upgraded to the Zoom H6. Now, the Zoom H6 is good because you can plug in up to four microphones. Plus, you can add a, a, an accessory to add an additional two microphones. So in theory, you can record up to six channels, which is amazing now one thing i want to say about that is that it's not cheap you know it's a it's a 300 and 300 to 350 dollar device but i gotta tell you if you're looking to podcast 
get some interviews and just have a great easy mobile setup the zoom h6 is what i definitely recommend uh you can also do the h4n or the h5 they're a little cheaper but i like the zoom h6 because of just the the freedom and the flexibility and it truly is a podcast studio in your pocket um you know it has dials for each channel to adjust the audio you can power it via usb and the preamps are really good to give you good clear audio sound i've used that to podcast on the go in numerous instances but in addition to that it's a great recorder to have as a backup if you're podcasting or recording audio in your studio space definitely you run a line out from your pc or your mixer right into the zoom h6 and that'll cover you in regards to having a separate backup recording because again things happen computers crash programs crash etc etc we've all been there zoom h6 has been a lifesaver and it saved my ass on more than one occasion that's for sure um i gotta tell you though if you're not powering via usb uh take some rechargeable batteries uh huge uh, rechargeable batteries are huge for that but if you have a nice, good USB battery pack, you should be able to power it via the USB battery pack as well. So definitely huge devices that, like I said, save my ass on more than one occasion. Now, since then, <laughs> things have changed quite a bit. Uh, the A6300 was replaced by a Canon M50 uh, because of the Canon dual pixel autofocus, which was really good. Uh, the only thing that the Canon M50 doesn't do is record really good 4k like it doesn't use the dual pixel autofocus for the 4k so unless you're shooting on a tripod or just have incredible grip strength to make sure that it doesn't move uh you risk having a little bit of shake when you record 4k footage plus there's also the crop that some people complain about not something i cared about personally plus i was doing a lot of my videos in 1080p so if you're a big canon fan the canon m50 is solid um it also is good because you can get the canon adapter and you can adapt any of your canon glass to the m50 which uses an efm mount and and the beauty of that is that you can use all that canon glass on a smaller body and still get that dual pixel autofocus and that canon color science but the my issue with canon was i liked it i thought it was good i felt that the autofocus at times was really slow and, um, you know, just having to use it for video, I said, oh, I'm going to get rid of my Canon XA10 and I'm going to get rid of the, my Sony camera and just shoot handheld with the Canon. And like I said, it was good, but I kind of felt that the picture was lacking a bit. So when Sony announced the a6400, I'm, I really am a, a Sony fan when it comes to cameras. I, um, I went back to the 6400, which is what I'm currently using. And it has the 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 sony autofocus has improved tremendously but the thing that got me is no recording limit so that was a big that was massive because no recording limit of course i can use it for longer form presentations panels etc and then obviously you're you're relegated to just re, you know if you run out of space on the sd card that's the bigger problem but no recording limit i haven't had it overheat um, shooting longer than 30 minutes, obviously results may vary if you're in a hot area, etc. but no recording limit, no overheating. Uh, the Sony a6400 has been great. And what I ended up getting was the Sigma 18 to 35 art lens, which I originally had purchased, uh, from Adorama for a, a huge steal that they had on it. I think I paid about 600 bucks 
for that lens, and it's usually substantially more. Uh, got a great deal from Adorama, and I was using it with the Canon M50, and it was just beautiful, beautiful pictures, um, and just amazing, amazing, amazing photos. Like some of the photos I took of of my daughter and just various functions were just tremendous and don't get me wrong the body is a big part of it but the glass is crucial so when i sold my canon m50 to get the a6400 all i ended up doing was just buying a sigma mc11 uh adapter and you know i'm using the sigma 18 to 35 with my sony a6400 now if you're someone that shoots portraits or vlogging uh you can pick up a 10 to 18 which is a little expensive though that the Sony glass but you can also get a Sigma 16 millimeter, which I like which I've seen a lot of people vlog with and it's probably going to be my next purchase um you know the 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 colors are great the focus is nice it's just a great all-around lens but since sw- switching to the A6400 like I said I've tried to just go smaller and smaller with all of my gear um, I picked up a small rig, uh, shoe, hot shoe relocator because obviously the Sony a6400, if you're not aware, the monitor folds up. So you're able to, you know, do selfies or vlogging. But the problem is that if you put a mic on that center hot shoe, you are of course obscuring the monitor. So small rig and countless other companies, Ulanzi and a few others have made shoe relocators that you'll be able to relocate the shoe the hot shoe to various places on the camera, whether it's to the left side, to the right side, or just to on the side of the camera itself, you have a couple of options. The small rig one I picked up lets me relocate the hot shoe to the left side, but it also gives me a separate shoe, hot shoe plate on top. So if I wanted to throw on a little light, which I use a small Manfrotto light, which I'll link to in the show notes, um, you got a great run and gun rig right there. And if you want to go obviously bigger, you can always throw a small rig cage around it, which I had on my M50 and on my a6300. If you put a cage around it, it'll, it'll add a little bit more bulk to your camera, but it'll also give you bunches of mounting options. Uh, you can put lights, you can put, uh, handles. If you're going to do any low, low shooting, etc. you have so many different options available. Once you add a small rig cage that it it's, it's sometimes just a good investment to have on the side for future use. I mean, you can probably pick a, a small rig cage for the 6,400 between 30 and 50 bucks, perhaps even a little cheaper, and it's a, it's a solid pickup. The small rig uh, shoe relocator, I paid, uh, I want to say I paid about 25 bucks for it, but I'll check and I will link to it in the show notes. So my current shooting rig is the Sony a6400. I'm using the 16 to 50 kit lens that it came with because it's small. Autofocus is good. Pocket size. You can just keep the camera in, in a coat pocket or cargo pants if you're a cargo pants person and just pull it out. Boom, boom, boom. Get your shots. Keep it moving. For video, it's pretty good, and I'm using the, like I said, the Sigma 18 to 35 art for shooting as well. I'm gonna pick up the Sigma 16 millimeter for video work, and that's probably going to be my kit for events going forward. But like anything else, the ch- the pursuit for more gear continues. I picked up an Osmo Pocket gimbal, which is um, something I want to use because a lot of times, especially if you're going to toy fair new york comic-con a lot of toys and a lot of things are behind glass 
and you don't want to deal with the glare. So obviously you can pick up a, a, a filter for your lens and that'll let you obviously deal with some of the glare. But usually one of the biggest tricks that I've recommended is you take your cell phone and you put your cell phone up against the glass to shoot any particular toys or or any of that stuff. But with the Osmo Pocket, I like it because it allows me to, you know, do some nice panning shots, gimbal shots, and also, uh, you know, time lapse. But the thing about it is I had experimented getting a gimbal from my phone and it just it just didn't work. It was the uh, the Zhiyun Smooth Q and I tried it and it was just very cumbersome and trying to fit it in my backpack. It was just a huge pain. And again, I'm trying to go smaller and smaller and smaller with my kit. So the Osmo Pocket I've been experimenting with, playing around with, and you'll probably see more stuff shot with the Osmo Pocket on our IGTV videos. I want to start doing more toy stuff and using the Osmo Pocket to zoom in close and show some of the details. So the Osmo Pocket thus far has been good. It's not cheap. It's about 300 bucks. And you, like anything else, you're stuck buying like different accessories for it. Like it comes with a pouch. It comes with the mounting options for your the uh, connecting options for an, either an iOS device or an Android with USB-C. But, you know, you spend money. Like I had to buy the scroll wheel. I bought the um, the Wi-Fi uh, stand, which allows you to connect your phone via Wi-Fi and control the gimbal with your phone, which is nice. And also an adapter if you wanted to adapt the phone, the uh, the gimbal to your tripod, which is something that some people end up doing or even just putting it on a little tripod and using it as a selfie stick. Because I got to admit, the Osmo Pocket for vlogging is a nice rig. The microphones are awkwardly placed, but the audio is pretty usable and DJI, of course, made an external um, uh, solution for you to use other microphones. So that's definitely one of the other uh, options you can go with. Last but not least, I did want to talk about the other pickup that I made just to keep things smaller. The uh, the Rode Video Mic Go and the um, also the Rode, I, I want to say it's the Rode Video Go but I got to make sure uh, those are small microphones that you can have uh, either lavalier or, you know, shotgun. So the Rode video micro is the shotgun microphone and the Rode video mic go. I want to say is the uh, small lavalier uh, microphone that has a built in mic in the transmitter. So you can just clip it to your shirt and you have a microphone right there. But there's also a microphone jack for you to plug in a lav mic of your choice. Those have been vital. Again, small, easy to, to carry in a backpack or a small or a small shoulder bag. Really, really great pieces. So you can carry all of that with you and not be weighed down and not have to. Uh, of course, if you unless, of course, you got to carry a tripod and there's there's bunches and bunches of tripod recommendations. But I'll give you mine. Not so much a tripod, but a monopod. Uh, you can pick one up from Manfrotto. That's really good. I'll link to it in the show notes. And um, I believe I have one that I picked up. I think it's from Sirui, which is, uh, I think it ran me like 40 or 50 bucks. It even came with a video head. And I like the monopod just because I could throw it in the backpack in a, in a side pocket or even clip it on the bottom of my backpack. And it's not huge or or very, very obvious. If you live in New York City, you know that getting on the train or on public transportation with a backpack is a massive pain. So I try to keep the rig as small as possible. For the Photo Plus Expo, I'm probably going to be taking the uh, 
obviously the a6400 the osmo pocket for some time lapse and my rode video micro and also video mic go uh for interviews and certain bits of b-roll and things of that nature so that's pretty much going to be my convention rig i'm not taking the zoom h6 i don't see myself recording any podcasts at photo plus unless of course somebody's interested in doing an episode of toys and tech of the trade on location i doubt it but you never know and with regards to what backpack i'm going to use for that usually i would use you know something a little bigger but now that i've scaled my kit down so much i use a case logic backpack you could buy it on amazon for about 30 bucks really good i i think at the time i paid a little bit more but i've seen it as low as 30 bucks you can pretty much put everything in there it's not very big it's not very turtle shell like and it's been a lifesaver other than that if you want to go a little bit more pricey uh the peak design backpacks are amazing every person that has a peak design backpack whether it's the smaller size or the bigger size has said nothing but positive things about it it's a stellar stellar backpack and i'll make sure to link to that in the show notes so just to recap if you want to go bigger obviously you can use a canon xa10 for your video work and your uh, camera of your choice if you're going smaller I got to recommend the a6400 or even the a66 if you want in-body stabilization. The 6600 is very expensive, though. I picked up the 6400. I actually got it used from B&H, and I pretty much paid exactly what I paid for the Canon M50, which was nice. So obviously check different retailers, and I'll link to a couple of different ones in the show notes for this episode. But Obviously, going smaller is key. You want to carry less stuff, especially if you're by yourself doing any of these conventions. You want to be able to set up quickly, run, get your shot. If you're doing videos or podcasting, I mean, excuse me, if you're doing videos or interviews of any sort, even though I recommended the monopod, if you're going to stand and do any interviews with a handheld mic or in front of a booth, get a tripod and don't use a monopod. And I'll tell you why. Even though the monopod is capable of standing on its own, there it can it can fall over if somebody kicks it, and and that has happened on on more times than I care to admit. At a Samsung event uh, a few years back, I had it. I had the monopod propped up against the balcony, so I was as I was capturing uh, the video footage, and someone tripped on a cable. The cable pulled up the monopod. And the monopod almost flipped over and flew over the balcony. Luckily, I grabbed it quickly because I had my hand tied. You know, I had part of the strap tied to my hand. But if it would have been the tripod, the cable would have probably gone between the legs and it wouldn't have even impacted the video footage much. So if you're shooting any videos and you're standing in front of a booth or you're standing in front of a, a person that's working the booth, definitely use the tripod in that case like i said i'll put some recommendations in the the show notes for this episode i'll give you one cheap recommendation and one slightly more pricey recommendation and let you choose from there but a tripod is huge especially if you can fold it down small enough that it can fit nicely in a backpack or even if you are using a peak design you can put it underneath that's that's vital. That is really, really, really huge. No monopods for any sort of booth shooting. Now, if you're standing and you're getting B-roll or if you're just walking through trying to run and gun, then a monopod may come in handy in that instance. But any other time, though, just just use the tripod. You don't you don't want to run into somebody kicking your stuff over and breaking your gear. It it really, really sucks. So those are my recommendations for 
any sort of convention or event coverage. Um, obviously, there's some other items that I can throw in there. Uh, rechargeable batteries, of course, are huge, uh, especially if you're doing any sort of video with the Osmo Pocket. If you pick up one of those or even just with your phone, you'd be surprised how much video I've captured with just my iPhone in, in a jam, you know, especially if you're in a tight space and you can't pull out like a camera or, you know, bigger gimbals or any of that craziness. The phone is a lifesaver. So definitely uh, rechargeable batteries are huge for that. If you are a uh, an iPhone user, you can also get uh, battery packs you can attach to your phone. Mophie makes a good one. Apple obviously makes one that's pretty solid. Uh, I use the Apple one on my iPhone XS and um, you know, it, it doesn't make it too big or too fat. So it's, it's not too bad. It's able to still stay in your pocket. Uh, the Mophie one is a little bit more, a little bit more rugged. I want, I feel it's a little, it's a little bigger and, um, adds obviously some weight to your phone, but the Mophie, I definitely feel adds more weight than Apple's offering, but you know, that's, that's an option as well. So you can get uh portable battery packs. I like the stuff from my charge and, um, like I said, Mophie or the Apple cases for your devices. I'll include links for that in the show notes. So there you have it, folks. Those are my recommendations for events and conventions, my toys and tech, I should say. Um, if you're traveling out of town, I got to say toys. Uh, and, and I say that again in quotes, um, man, the Nintendo Switch. I never thought I would really give as much of a damn about a Nintendo product, but I've done a couple of trips out of town for work, uh, and, and the switch has been a lifesaver being able to play street fighter or play some games and just zone out for a little bit and not worry about the person sitting next to me snoring. I mean, don't get me wrong. A tablet and iPad, stuff like that is good. Um, but the switch, the switch has been a lifesaver, especially for, like I said, long trips or trips on the long Island railroad here in New York or the subway. Uh, definitely a nice piece, a nice toy that I got to recommend for sure. That's, that's, uh, that's tops on my list to switch. All right, folks. So it gave you a nice quick 30 minute rundown on some of the stuff you can use. Um, as always, full disclosure, some of the links in the show notes may be affiliate links, which if you click, uh, we get a small commission. It doesn't impact what you're paying for the item. And those commissions go towards giving you uh, just a better experience on RageWorks, whether it's on the site, through our shows or via any of our other content. So definitely use those links for your purchases. We would really really appreciate it. Last but not least, if you're interested in being a guest on a future episode of Toys and Tech of the Trade and sharing your story, your toys, and your tech, you can email me rich at rageworks.net. Wow. You can email me rich at rageworks.net or you can use the contact form on the site. Last but not least, you can always find Rageworks on social media on the social media platform of choice. I'm not going to run them down. You guys, you guys know the deal. Find us on any of those platforms, I will, I will say that I engage most on Instagram just because it's, it's easy. And, um, and on Twitter, I'm starting to step up my Twitter engagement. Uh, when it comes to Facebook, obviously we got a fan page, but we also have a RageWorks group. So if you want to get in there, chop it up with myself and any of the other staff about toys, tech, wrestling, whatever's going on, uh, definitely stop in. We always are open to, new uh new members so definitely stop by and join us and join the conversation uh that's it all right guys thank you for checking out this uh i guess it's a solo episode of toys and tech of the trade your one-stop shop for toys tech and talk i'm rich i'm out of here 
Thank you, guys. Peace. Big Mac, Chicken McNuggets, no, Big Mac and Quarter Pounder with cheese, or filet fish You'd be doing the same thing if you were at McDonald's, because you can choose not just one, but two of your favorites for just six bucks. Tasty Big Mac, crispy 10-piece Chicken McNuggets, juicy Quarter Pounder with cheese, or savory filet fish Enjoy two of your all-time favorites for just six bucks, if you can decide on the two. Prices and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price. With the new iPhone SE for less than 100 bucks at Metro, you rule. It's the most affordable iPhone on the number one brand in prepaid. So whether you're studying online or FaceTiming. Hey, Mom. Hi, dear. The iPhone SE has all you need. Switch to Metro and get the iPhone SE for $99.99 after rebate redemption and six months of service with AutoPay. Metro by T-Mobile. Rule your day. Limit one per account slash household. Requires port and ID validation. Not valid for numbers currently on the T-Mobile network or active on Metro in past 90 days. Restrictions apply. See store for details.